Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Grab your Bibles with me today. Uh, Turn to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel 6, we're going to read verses 10 and 11. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, and we'll we'll fill you in on which law in just a minute, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house found him praying and asking for God's help. Father, I just uh, I thank you for this time that we get to share in your word. Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to us. Lord, they're, they're hearing my voice, but I pray more than that, they hear your voice inside of that. And God, I pray that, uh, that you speak to us directly today and help us not just to hear your word, but to be doers of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we've learned a whole lot of life lessons from the people that we've examined in this series. It's called Patriarchs, Prophets, and Priests. And one of those people is Daniel. We've actually already talked about Daniel in a two-part message about, uh, about his character a few weeks ago. But it's, it's hard to talk about Daniel and not talk about the lion's den. And specifically... Uh, what it is that got him thrown into the lion's den in the first place. And so today we're going to talk about Daniel's prayer life. Daniel's prayer life. Now, one of the biggest attacks in my life is against my prayer life. And I call it an attack because if I call it a failure, then it makes it my fault. If I call it an attack, I can blame it on the devil. Uh, All right? So let me just say, praying is hard for me. Sometimes it's hard for me because I'm busy. Any busy people in the house? It, okay. Uh, so everybody's busy, and and sometimes I want to get started doing things on my never-ending list of things to do. I just want to check off some boxes. So sometimes I get started checking off boxes instead of getting started with prayer. It's hard for me because I'm ADD. When, thank you for not saying amen. When, when, I, when I try to pray, my brain kicks into overdrive and I think 47 thoughts all at once. I think of things I need to do, things that I didn't do. Things, I think of things that make no sense whatsoever. I think of, I think of animals. I think of, I think of how tired I am. I think of how ridiculous my thoughts are. Do you ever think about how you're thinking sometimes? I do that. I think about random people that I went to primary school with 40 years ago. 
I, I, I'm, I think about all the things that I'm not supposed to be thinking about, and I'm not thinking about the one thing that I am supposed to be thinking about, which is prayer. It's hard for me because I get overwhelmed. Like there's never an end to the things that we can or should be praying about. And so sometimes, you know, I'm just like, I got 30 minutes and I need to cover myself and my family and the church and the sick and the lost and the missionaries and the hungry and pretty much the whole world's burning down around us. So we need to pray about that too, although we don't really know what to pray. Will somebody please tell me I'm not all by myself? Okay. And then it's hard to pray because I feel guilty about not praying the last time I could have prayed or should have prayed, but didn't do it. It does not have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. There is a path forward that I think can help us overcome the obstacles that we have in our prayer lives and help us to have a fulfilling and effective prayer life. Now, Daniel is a fantastic example uh, of a person with a prayer life that's worth imitating and worth examining. So we're going to dive in today. Three things from Daniel's prayer life that I think can motivate us and help us in our prayer life. So first of all, prayer is not passive. Prayer is not passive. The Lord really placed something on my heart this week, and I, I think this, it was this conversation I had with the Lord that was kind of the genesis of this message. And he said, you've got to stop seeing prayer as passive. Prayer is work. Prayer is work. And I mean that in the most positive way possible. Just because you're sitting still while you're doing it doesn't mean you aren't working. Just because you can't see anything happening doesn't mean it's not working. Sometimes I get caught up and I have a lot that needs to get done and I immediately start doing what I call working. Like I want to get things done. I don't always stop and take the time to pray first. And before I know it, the day has gotten away from me and I've squandered that opportunity. What I want you to know and what I have to remind myself of is that if we would just take the time to pray. Some of the things that we think we have to do, some of the things that we think we have to work our way out of, God would take care of it if we just pray. Prayer is work. It accomplishes a purpose. It's active. It's warfare. It's a weapon that's operated in faith. I've thought a lot about what the book of James says, and, and you've heard this. If you've been in church more than three times, you've heard somebody say something about that faith without works is dead, right? And it is. And I've always placed prayer in the faith category, okay? Even James in that passage rebuked people for saying to a needy person, I'll pray for you, instead of actually meeting the need. But when you think about it, there's a whole lot of situations that, that there's not a quick fix for, like a meal or a coat or a warm place to stay. There are a lot of things that you, you just can't go fix. You just can't go do. And if that's the case, then prayer is the work that's driven by our faith. James said we express our faith by our works. So if we really believe in God's power to hear us and answer us, then we will do the work of prayer. Prayer is not passive. Prayer is a work 
of faith. What did Daniel do? We've already, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. When Daniel, when the king that Daniel was serving had a dream, but he refused to tell anybody what the dream was, he wanted them to tell, them, tell him, what, what did you dream and what did it mean? What did Daniel do when the king told him about that? Well, let's look at that. Daniel 2, 17 through 20. Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven, that's prayer, to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. And that night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. Daniel was faced with a very, very critical situation, a difficult situation. He went home and got to work in prayer. And listen, there was no other recourse. He didn't really have a lot of options. He would have wasted time if he just sat down and tried to think about it. Just try to figure out what the king dreamed. He would have wasted time worrying himself about the impossibility of the situation. He would have wasted time fretting over his impending execution. He went straight to God with it in prayer. And that's what we have to learn to do. Stop wasting time doing anything else. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't try to figure it out. Don't do anything until you pray about it. Start doing the work of prayer. Now, it's very possible that God will tell you what you need to do. But it's also possible that he's just going to give you what you need. You just don't know until you ask. Listen, I, I, I am assuming that you're like me and sometimes we face situations that we don't even know how to start to solve them or understand them. And those are the times that we need to get to work praying. Listen, I like to work, but I like to work smart. The most efficient way to get a solution or an understanding is through prayer. Look at what God said through the prophet Jeremiah. We are talking about Jeremiah in this series too. Jeremiah 33 and 3, he said, Call to me, God said, call to me and I'll answer you and I'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. Ask the Lord and let him show you the things that you don't know. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. We're not going to look at it on the screens, but in that chapter, the gifts of the Spirit are listed. And, and the gifts of the Spirit include wisdom, and knowledge and discerning of spirits. God has what you need to face the situation that's in front of you. He has what you need to take the next right step. So ask him. Ask him. Prayer is the work of expressing your faith on the outside. Prayer's not passive. So let's get to work praying. Praying. Here's the second thing from Daniel's prayer life. Not only is prayer not passive, but prayer is powerful. Amen. Prayer is powerful. Yes. Daniel chapter 1, 17, and we're going to look at verses 21, 20, uh, 20 and 21. God gave these four young men, that's Daniel and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of wisdom and literature. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings 
of visions and dreams. Look at verse 20. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and the enchanters in his entire kingdom. And Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. Daniel served in the palaces of power for 40 years. 40 years. Now, you can't tell me that much of Daniel's wisdom and success as a royal advisor didn't come from the fact that the man prayed three times a day. He, he talked to God. He talked to God about the situations that this kingdom was facing. He talked to God about the problems the king had asked him to solve. He knew that the answers weren't found in himself. They were found in God. And so he made it a habit of praying about it. When you really believe that God is the source of all wisdom and all knowledge, then you talk to him about everything. Prayer is powerful because it invites God's presence and his wisdom and his perspective into your situation. Now look at what Daniel said about the power of prayer. After God revealed the king's dream, And its interpretation, this is what Daniel said. After he had that vision and he knew he had the answer, this is what Daniel said. That night the secret was revealed to him in a dream. Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and he sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things, and he knows what lies hidden in darkness, although he is surrounded by light. I thank you, uh, I thank and praise you, God, of my ancestors, for you've given me wisdom and strength. You told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Daniel knew that the future of the kingdom wasn't up to him, and it wasn't up to the advisors. It really wasn't even up to the king. It was up to God. So he turned to God for the decisions that would be best because God already knew what was coming. Last week we looked at Joseph, and I, and I told you I, just, I love Joseph, I, but there was, a, there was a line in there that I'm not sure I'd ever, I'm sure I'd read it, I'm not sure I'd ever paid attention to it. It just leaped off the page at me, and I want to read it to you. G- Genesis 40 and 8, they, they both replied, so the, the, the butler and the baker both replied, uh, we, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Look at what Joseph said. He said, interpreting dreams is God's business. So go ahead and tell me your dreams. Interpreting dreams is God's business, so go ahead and tell me your dreams. I don't see anywhere in the, in the whole Bible where it says that Joseph had the gift of interpreting dreams. It says Daniel did. I don't see anywhere that it said Joseph did. Joseph had some dreams, but he didn't even know what his dreams meant. It doesn't say he had any gift of interpretation. So when these two guys had their dreams, look at what Joseph said. He didn't say, I've got the gift of interpreting the dreams, so tell me. He said dreams are God's business. And by implication, he said, dreams are God's business, and I'm connected with God, so you just go ahead and tell me what the dream was. It wasn't confidence in himself. It was confidence in God and in his connection with God. He was confident that God would reveal to him what the dreams were. 
Prayer is powerful because prayer is a connection to the Almighty. Listen, how would it change things in your life if you consulted with God before every decision you make or before you try to solve any problems? How would it change things if you did everything with the heart of God towards all the people that were involved? Instead of seeing some people as the good guys and some people as the bad guys, what would happen if you saw all of them as God's kids? How would it change things if you walked in the peace that no matter what situation you face, God's with you, He's for you, and He's going to help you? You can pray over your daily planner. Should we pray over an open Bible? Absolutely. Should we pray the Word? Yes. Should we pray the promises of God? Yes. But we can also pray over an open planner where we look at the the things we have going on for the day or for the week and we go, God, would you bless my meeting today with Missy? Would Would you help us to get to the truth, get to the heart of the matter, come up with the best plan for doing what we're supposed to be doing? Would you, would you help us that we can communicate clearly and honestly with each other and that, there, that we walk out and we're completely unified? And, and Do you understand the power of praying a prayer like that? Rather than just dreading a meeting and hope that y'all don't get in a fight. Y'all ever have meetings like that? God, please help me not to throw this chair. Right? You can pray over your appointments. You can pray over your meetings. You can pray over the people and the problems that you face, even at work. Did y'all know God don't clock out while you're at work? Well, he not, I'll see you at home. He's not on the couch eating Cheetos. Although he likes Cheetos, I'm sure. He's with you at work. Like, why don't you talk to him at work? Why we ignore God at work but act like we're spiritual at church? He's, the whole, he's there the whole time. He's there. One of our core values here is that there's no separation between the sacred and the secular. Uh, that's not a thing for God. He's there with you everywhere. So, so why not go ahead and ask him about everything that's going on in your life? Prayer is powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful because it's supernatural. Prayer is supernatural. Now, I've heard all these studies about how prayer does good. It calms you and it does all, has all these physical benefits. But listen, that's just a, that's the side note. That's just, the, that's just benefits on the side. Prayer is supernatural. It's supernatural. Look at Daniel 10. Uh, 12 through 14. And then he said, this was an, an angel that came in response to his prayer. He said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you started to pray for understanding and humbled yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I've come in answer to your prayer. But look at this. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the, arch, uh, the archangels, came to pr- help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what's going to happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. In other words, I came, I left him to fight this fight and I came to give you the answer to your prayer. God hears us when we pray and guess what? The spirit world comes alive. 
Don't get hung up on what you see or what you don't see. You have no idea what's going on in the spirit world around you or around that situation when you start to pray. You just keep praying. Praying is powerful because it's supernatural. Now, John, I, I, okay, but how do I pray about things I don't even understand? Because we all face those things. I, I don't even know how to pray. What do I do? You pray in the Spirit. Let me show you. Romans 8, 26 to 28. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Do you recognize that you are weak and need the help of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Right? For example... What We don't know what God wants us to pray for. I am so glad the Apostle Paul wrote that down. Amen. Right? Because I don't know what I'm supposed to pray for sometimes. But the Holy Spirit prays for us. Right? With gro- it's right there in the Bible. With groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And, he, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Listen, if you ever prayed for something that was so painful or so confusing that you just cried or you just groaned about it, you couldn't actually form Word. There are some things that defy words, or at least words that you understand, or words that you can express. So, prayer in the Spirit is also known as praying in tongues, or praying in a prayer language is what we, we've come to call it in the last 20, 30 years. I want to show it to you in another place. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15, the, again, the Apostle Paul says, If I pray in tongues, my spirit's praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I'll also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit. I'll also sing in words I understand. See, this chapter, which I always reference when we have, a, uh, when we have a, uh, the gift of tongues and interpretation in, the, in a service, I always, I always reference 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14. This chapter is about regulating the gift of tongues in a service. It establishes the understandability principle. And what that means is that what happens in a service needs to be understandable to everyone in the service, to both believers and unbelievers. So tongues, the gift of tongues, has to be accompanied by the gift of interpretation. Otherwise, the gift of tongues should not operate in that service. That's what chapter 14 says. But the chapter also establishes the fact that praying in the Spirit is praying in tongues. That's what Paul said. He said, it's your spirit that prays and not your mind. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a gift. It's a gift. It's a weapon in warfare. In Ephesians 6, we all know Ephesians 6 and the listing of the whole armor of God. Well, the next verse, after the verse that talks about the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the very next verse says, praying in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. In Jude, verse 20, it says praying in the Spirit builds up a person's most holy faith. So John, why should I pray in the Spirit? Because if, we, if what we wrestle against is not flesh and blood, but is principalities and powers, then that means our fight is not in this world. It's in the Spirit world. Daniel's experience proved that too. 
So we pray in the Spirit because our fight is, our fight is in the Spirit world. It, prayer isn't just hope. It's a very present help in time of trouble. Prayer is not just a wish. It's warfare. God, in return, God doesn't just send good vibes in response to your prayers. He dispatches armies of angels, if that's what it takes, to come and stand by your side. Prayer is a supernatural fight. And prayer is a powerful and supernatural weapon. Now, here's the last thing. Prayer is personal. Prayer is personal. I want to read you a few verses, and, and, and this, is the, um, this is the lion's den story here, or the account of the lion's den. Daniel chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. So they concluded these were uh, Daniel's co-workers. Some of y'all might have co-workers like this too. They concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and the high officers went to the king. They said, long live King Darius. And then they laid out this plan to get Daniel. So in verse 10, is what we read to begin with. Daniel learned that they had signed this law that said you couldn't pray to anybody else in the kingdom except the king for the next 30 days. Daniel learned what the law said. He went home. He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just like he'd always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house, and they found him praying and asking for God's help. In verse 19... Very early the next morning, the king got up, hurried out to the lion's den because he had no other choice but to throw Daniel in there, according to the laws of his land. When the king got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I've been found innocent in his sight, and I haven't wronged you either, your majesty. Daniel's jealous co-workers got one thing right in that whole deal, that the only way to nail Daniel was to make it illegal to pray. And that's what they did. But here's what they got wrong. More than just a spiritual discipline, more than just a religious exercise, more than just a way to soothe a guilty conscience or fulfill an obligation or to follow, as they called it, the rules of Daniel's religion, prayer was much more personal than that for Daniel. It wasn't so much, uh, uh, it, it, it was so much a part of who he was that when it became illegal to pray, he didn't even think twice. Listen, he didn't even hide. I would have at least closed the windows. <laughs> Daniel's like, nah, I'm not even fooling with all of that. This is what I do. He could no more have stopped praying than he could have stopped being Jewish. It's just who he was. Daniel opened the window towards Jerusalem. Why did he do that? That's not in the Bible either. It's, it recentered him on who he was. It reminded him of where he came from and who he was. Prayer was, was part of his identity. That's how he knew who he was in this crazy world. Listen, a believer who doesn't pray will soon forget who he is. A believer who doesn't pray will soon forget who he is. 
I think we need to redeem the phrase, let me pray about that. Let me pray about that. It has become the way Christians get out of doing stuff. Isn't that right? It's the ultimate believer's brush off. Because you can't say, no, don't pray about that. But I tell you what, the staff, when people go, let me pray about that. We're like, okay, never mind. I'll just ask somebody else. Because we know what that means. It's like, I don't want to disappoint you. So I'm going to tell you I'm going to pray about it. But I already know God said no. Right? So we're just like, okay, never mind. We need to redeem that. How do we do that? We need to actually be people who praise about stuff. Actually pray about it. And, and it doesn't have to take eight months. Like sometimes just, just for spite, we check in with those people. Hey, like, what's God saying? Oh, I'm still praying. Really? Because you, you, you know, it's been eight years and you're still praying about it. It's just kids, man. It's just a kid's class. All right? So some, sometimes you don't have eight months. Sometimes you ain't got eight years. You, sometimes you need a decision or you need an idea in like ten minutes. Right? Take the time to pray about it. Listen, I've walked into some situations. I didn't even have 10 minutes. I had like 10 seconds. And, and, and so take the time. And my prayer was like, okay, God, here we go. Help me get this right. Right? You can't do something crazy and you got to go deal with it. You, you, you and your wife, you, your spouse are all tore up about you, you Before you open your mouth. You need to take the time to pray before you make a decision, before you do something, before you say something you wish you hadn't said. You better take the time to pray. And, and guess what? He hears those prayers. He answers those prayers. How many times have you come out of a situation and went, that went way better than I thought it was going to go? Like, I don't know. I, I never even thought those words that came out of my mouth. I don't know why I didn't reach across the table and slap them. I don't know how that happened. Right? Y'all ain't got those violent tendencies like I do sometimes, do you? You just want to choke people. When you walk out, you're like, I didn't choke nobody. Well, praise God. God's alive and well. Everybody's still breathing. Right. He hears and answers those prayers. So don't think you've got to come to the altar at the church and pray before God hears you. He hears you everywhere. You pray. How great would it be if you were known at work like Daniel was as the person who's going to pray about everything? Like you got a big decision. They're like, oh, yep, I know where Joe is. He's in there in the bathroom praying. Like he, that's just what he just does that. He goes, goes to his office. He prays. Especially if you are also the person who always comes up with the best ideas. Right? Or, or how awesome would it be if your kids, if your kids say, I, listen, I know my mom and dad's going they're going to pray about it before they say anything. They're not even going to give me advice. They're not going to say that until they pray about it, they're not going to say anything. It becomes, if, if, you'll, if we will do this, it becomes our identity. We identify ourselves with prayer and as prayers. Pray about everything in your life until prayer is personal to you. The passage we just read said Daniel went to his room and he prayed three times a day with the windows open, just like he always did. That's what the scripture said. Just like he always did. It was, it was his habit. It was his custom. Listen, let me, let me ask you this. What, what, what's your prayer custom? Prayer is personal. 
And maybe you haven't even thought about it this way. But you don't have to do it like somebody else. You can, you can do it however you and the Lord are cool, then, then do that. Sometimes hearing how somebody else does it um, does help you to develop your custom. And your custom can change as your life changes. Okay? Sometimes I pray while I walk the driveway. Sometimes while, I, while I'm driving or while I'm cutting the grass. That's kind of my personal favorite. Um, Sometimes I kneel down by the bed and bury my face in the covers to kind of limit my distractions for my ADD self. But then you suffocate, so that's not good either. Um, Sometimes I turn on worship music. Sometimes it's just instrumental music. Sometimes it's just silence. Sometimes I pray out loud because, um, because if I can hear myself say it, that helps to reinforce it and helps me to focus on it as well. Um, I told you sometimes I've gone out into the woods and prayed. Valerie likes to run a bath and like lock the door and pray in the bathtub uh, because she needs silence. She needs to be left alone for a minute, right? A former pastor here before me would come in here and he'd crank up the music when he prayed. Like I knew when I got out of my truck if pastor was praying because you could feel the earth move under your feet. Not because of the power of his prayer, from the volume of the sound system, right? Like birds and bugs would fly across the sanctuary and just die, just fall. <laughs> it's like, why is that bird having a seizure? Oh, pastor's praying. There, never mind. You, you knew what he was praying about because he screamed it most of the time. But So I couldn't pray with him, um, but it worked for him. It worked for him. He's just loud. Why would his prayer time not be loud? Right? And if you're quiet, then don't feel guilty because you don't be screaming at God about stuff. It's okay. Prayer is personal. But here's the point. I don't think God really cares too much about the how. He's just glad you're praying. Whether it's the 10-second prayer or the 90-minute prayer, just pray. Here's two things that I've started doing lately that have helped me. And I'm just going to share them with you, so maybe they'll help, they'll help you too. I've started using an app. It's a free app from uh, an author named John Eldridge. This is not a full endorsement of everything he's ever said in his life, okay? I'm just telling you I, lo- I use the app. And the app is called Pause. It's called Pause. Um, if, do we have that picture, Robbie? No, okay. So, um, it's just a white, it's a white logo with little, two little black, looks like I, I, the letter I, because it's the pause uh, button. It, it just helps me um, breathe, and it helps me calm my stressed and overactive brain sometimes. And it gets me focused on the Word, it gets me focused on my relationship with God. It kind of helps me tune in to the presence of God in that moment. And there's a one-minute pause, and there's a three-minute pause, and there's a five-minute pause, and I had never got to the 10-minute pause, but there, there's one of those two, all right? It's free for you to download on your phone if you want to try it. I've also started using a prayer list, a prayer list. And I can show you, I'll be happy to send you a prayer list that I developed for myself almost 10 years ago, right after I started praying, to help me cover all the things that I need to pray about, kind of the categories of things. So I pray for a different category, a different set of things um, each day. 
And uh, I actually asked God a few weeks ago, as I started to kind of recommit myself to that, I asked the Lord, hey, are you okay with me praying a list? Like, I don't want to, I want to be spirit-led. Like, I want to flow with what you want me to do, but you also know how my brain works, and if I don't, if I don't follow this list, I ain't ever, I'm just going to say, bleh. That's all that's going to come out. So, and I felt no pushback from him whatsoever about doing that. So, um, here's what I discovered. When I cover the stuff that's on my list, he either leads me to deeper or different things in the midst of praying my list, or because I, I kind of check that off in my brain, I've fulfilled my responsibility to pray about those things or those people on that list, then I can allow myself with whatever time I have remaining to just let him lead me and guide me. But I'd be happy to share that list with you again. Uh, if, you, if you'd like to see it, I can email it to you. It's my, it, I've got my daily stuff, so my Monday through Friday on one side, and then on the other side is the Jericho prayer. Um, so that I can pray for the Jericho Project, I can pray for the ladies at the HOC, and I can pray for the people who are still being exploited and trafficked around this world. All right? So you can, you can use it to kind of develop your own prayer list if you want to. But here's, here's what, we, what we have to do. It's, just, it's time to pray. It's time to pray. We started this year, I told you, first message, my first message of the year was, was uh, pray first. And that's what we, I just want to keep reminding you that that's what the Lord is saying to us. Pray. Pray first. We've got to stop with the excuses. We've got to, we just got to pray. You can pray loud. You can pray quiet. You can pray long. You can pray short. You can pray in the spirit. You can pray with the understanding. You can pray your list. You can pray just what's on your heart. You can pray about yourself. You can pray about your family. Pray about your church. Pray about your job, your country. Just pray. Just pray. I want you to set a goal today. All right? I'm calling, it a, I'm calling it a grace goal. A goal because if you don't challenge yourself and you don't make a plan to succeed, then you're definitely going to fail. Have you all noticed that in your life? All right. But I want it to be a grace goal because you will inevitably fail to do it one day. And when you do that, I want you to give yourself grace and not condemnation. Because if you do it four days in a row and then you miss a day, you've just prayed four days that you might not have done otherwise. So look at the glass half full, not the glass half empty, and just keep praying. Don't beat yourself up. There's my, there's my prayer list there. Don't beat yourself up. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. Daniel's, Daniel's legacy is not surviving the lion's den. It's the fact that he was so committed to prayer that he was willing to face the lion's den. That's his legacy. God, help us. Help us to be people committed to prayer as well. Listen, let me walk you through the agenda just so you understand what I'm, what I'm talking about. On Mondays, I pray for you guys for ministry opportunities. That, that God will open your eyes to the ministry opportunities that are around you. I pray for myself. I pray for my family. Uh, I pray for my extended family. I pray for the messages 
And I, I told you I did this like 10 years ago, so it still says on Wednesdays, on Sundays. I pray at the very beginning of the week that God will give me what it is he wants me to share with you on Sundays. Tuesdays is health, protect, health and safety protection for you guys as, as members of the church. Uh, I pray for our staff. I name each one of them by name and pray for them and their families and their ministries. I pray for all the ministries of the church and the events that we have coming up. On Wednesdays uh, is kind of the nuts and bolts. I pray for the finances of our church. I pray for the finances of, of those in the church. So I pray for you and your finances. I pray uh, that our church would grow numerically and, and spiritually and financially. And I pray for future ministry opportunities and for fresh vision for our church. That God would continually speak to me about what's next and where we're going. On Thursdays, I pray for your families and for your, for your marriages, those of you who are married. I pray for our board of elders. Call them by name. Pray for them and their families. I pray for uh, souls, for, for lost souls, for prodigal sons and daughters to come home. Um, and then I pray for the missionaries and, our, uh, and those missions that we support at, at the church. And then on Fridays, I pray for the unity of our church because nothing gets done if we're in division and we're arguing and fussing about everything. So I pray that we stay in unity. I pray for our local, state, and national uh, authorities. So everybody from the mayor of Bremen and the city council all the way up to the president and the Congress. And it does not matter which party happens to be in office. It's still our responsibility to pray. I pray about our spiritual authorities, so our denominational leaders. I pray for them as well. And then I pray for other churches and ministries in the area because we're all on the same team, y'all. So I pray for Bremen City Church, and I pray for Kingdom Rock, and I pray for Providence Baptist in Tallapoosa, First Baptist in, in Bremen. I pray for these guys and for these churches, okay? So that's kind of what my prayer life looks like during the week. And I try to make sure, and I feel like if I cover everything on that list, that I've done a pretty good job of, of my responsibility to pray over myself and my family and, and the church and the community. So you do whatever you want to do. If you want to copy of this, I'll send it to you. Um, but do whatever it takes to get yourself to the place where you are committed to prayer. And I want to say this. Some of you um, are new to Pentecostal church and, and you're kind of feeling this out and you're not sure about all this. When it comes to praying in the Spirit, let me say this. Um, you may think, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. Like, what's the process? Is there like a thing that you have to do? No. Here's the thing. How do you receive any gift? You just ask. You ask. Same way you got saved. You got the gift of salvation because you asked and you received. Jesus said in, in uh, Luke eleven thirteen. you remember the passage Jesus is talking about prayer. And he said, he said, you earthly fathers, if your kid asks for uh for whatever, I don't know what it, I don't remember what it is. If he asks for, for an egg, do you give him a scorpion? If he asks for bread, do you give him a, a serpent? And, and he said, listen, if you, you wicked people on earth know how to give good gifts to your, to your children, how much more, you need to read this in your Bible, he said, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So just ask. And just do what he says. Just be open and listen to what he says. And do what he says. Don't make it a big thing. It's important. Don't make it religious. This is about your relationship with the Lord. Y'all stand with me, please.
the team's going to come and we're going to sing a song and we'll be dismissed together after that. But in the next few minutes, this is the, this is the time where um, you kind of determine your response to the word. Um, I don't need, I, I shouldn't have to tell you how important it is in your life for you to pray about the things that's happening in your life. And I'm not going to try. I will say this. If you would like to pray about anything in your life, about a relationship, about a decision, about anything, then you just come and pray. We'll be happy to pray with you about that. If you would, would like to pray about praying in the Spirit, you'd like to receive that gift, we'd be happy to pray with you about that as well. Whatever's going on in your life that you want to pray about, we'd love to meet you here in this altar. And more than that, the Lord will meet you here. The Lord will meet you here. Father, we just we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement from your spirit this morning. Father, I pray that you would uh, lead us and guide us to be people of prayer. That we identify through prayer. And God, I pray for every person here who has that desire and that hunger and that passion, Lord, to be more intimate in their prayer time with you, to pray in the spirit, Lord, to allow you to pray through them as your word says in so many places. God, I just pray that you would lead them and guide them to do that. Lord, they would let their, their fears fall. They would let all their walls fall, their obstacles, their, their, their questions, and they would just come to you humbly and simply and ask for the gift. And Lord, we know that you generously give to those who ask. Lord, we pray for every person here who has something going on in their lives that they want to pray about. I pray, God, that you would draw them to this place, to this altar, and that you would meet them here and meet their needs, God. It's not anything about this place. It's simply about coming and and surrendering their lives to you, laying their burdens and their needs on this altar. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.